following is a special message preached at Hagerstown Baptist Church the Monday before Easter, 2017. itself. You hear the message of the gospel there. Well, um, Lauren didn't tell me what passage to preach from. He just told me what uh, story that I was to preach from. So I had a choice because it's found in all four gospels. Uh, I am uh, going to be sharing from Matthew chapter 21. If you don't have your Bible, you can turn, you can turn there. Matthew chapter 21, starting in verse 12. Um, on Monday of the, the week of uh, preparation for Easter, um, traditionally, we, we remember this is the time in which Jesus uh, cleansed the temple. And uh, Jesus did this twice in his ministry. Um, if you believe the account as it's given in Scripture, um, he did this at the beginning of his ministry, and uh, he did it again at the end, within the last week. Both of those times happened at Passover, um, but once was to begin his ministry, and the other was to end. Let's read the account from Matthew 21, starting in verse 12. And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. 
And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. He said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant, and they said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes, have you never read? Out of the mouths of babes, of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise. And leaving them, he went out of the city, to Bethany and lodge there. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that you have spoken to us. Lord, give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Lord, help us uh, to sense your presence here and to, to feel the weight of your word upon our hearts. Father, be with me, um, a filthy sinner, I don't deserve to be here. But Lord, you have have brought me to this place. Help me to be faithful to your word, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm honored to be with you. Um, I I, I rejoice in the opportunity to come and share God's word with you. Um, It begins... uh, Jesus entered the temple and he drove out all those who sold sold and bought in the temple. Jesus, this story here, this is one of those passages of scripture that shocks us, isn't it? We often think of Jesus as that meek and mild character. We, We think of Jesus as like that precious moments figure we put up on the shelf. We think of the things that he say, says as things that we might crochet. And we have so often domesticated Jesus. But this passage here reminds us that Jesus cannot be domesticated. In the book uh, C.S. Lewis wrote, uh, the, the Chronicles of Narnia, I believe it was in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Uh, I believe it was Lucy that asked, about Aslan, the, the, the lion. Is he safe? And the answer was, of course he's not safe. But he's good. And that is Jesus. That is our God. He is good. And he is a God who will one day come in judgment. And here we see, as he was here in his earthly life, he was not that nice person with the the child up on his knee in this passage. No, he was, was, as John tells us, he he made a whip out of cords and he drove people out of the temple. It's not how we normally think about Jesus, is it? Why had he done this? Why did Jesus drive people out of the temple? People were not honoring God there. People were not honoring his father. 
The, the temple, the, the temple court, it was probably in the, the court of the Gentiles. The, the place where the Gentiles were allowed to come and pray. Because in another uh, one of the accounts, it says that uh, uh, my, my house should be called uh, a house of prayer for the nations. So we think it was probably this place of the Gentiles. And maybe, maybe these people, they think, oh, well, you know, the Gentiles, they don't need this. This is, this is for us Jews. And so they crowded out this place for the lowly, the outcasts, those who wondered if God would even want them. And this place within the temple was crowded out and it was made a place of business. And what were they selling? They were selling animals for sacrifice. Um, there, there, as I was reading, there's opportunity there for uh, price gouging and things like that. Um, possibly, you know, because a, a uh, animal had to be uh, blemish-free, it had to be perfect and holy because it was uh, representing Christ who would be one day, he would be sinless. Then the priest could, could uh, have a racket going with, uh, with the money changers and, and he'd say... Well, this one's not pure enough. Go find another one and then they, they can go and buy one from the money changers at a jacked up price. Or the pigeons. It says uh, here. Uh, um, I always lose my place when I'm trying to read. And he... And, uh, he he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. You know, the pigeons, they were sacrificed for those who, who were poor, who didn't have enough money to, to uh, be able to have a, a lamb or a, or a calf or something like that. It was, it was the poor that would sacrifice pigeons. And so these money changers were taking advantage of the poor. Jesus was outraged by these, these people who were taking advantage of, of the poor. They were crowding out the Gentiles and the outcasts. And that should make us angry too. The Bible tells us, be angry and not sin. We should be angry about the things that God is angry about. And one of the things that God is angry about is when the poor and the disadvantaged are taken advantage of. And that's what we see Jesus getting angry at here. And also, uh, the money changers. What were they changing money for? There was a, a, a currency uh, to pay the temple tax. You know, if you're, they had a temple tax that all males over 20 were supposed to pay. And uh, because it was a temple tax, they didn't want somebody's image on it. Because, you know, the Ten Commandments. The Second Commandment says you shall not make any graven image. So they were going to take a coin with Caesar's image on it. And pay the temple tax with it. So the money changers would be there. And they would make a, an exchange. They exchanged the Roman coins for the coin that they could pay the temple tax with. And again, this was something that uh, they would take advantage of the less fortunate. This angered Jesus. And he drove them out of the temple. And what do we see next happens? You know, whenever I thought about this passage, uh, you know, I've heard this passage, I've heard this story all my life. And I've, I've heard uh, this story, I've, I've read it, uh, who knows, a hundred times. I don't think I've ever preached on it. 
And as I, as I was reading the passage, I realized, I usually, whenever I think about this story, I stop where all the people get thrown out of the temple and, and Jesus says, you've made my father's house into a den of thieves. I pretty much stop there as I think about this story, but there's more. It doesn't stop there. What happens then? And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. What's so significant about that? The blind and the lame, according to regulations that were given in David's time, they weren't allowed to come into the temple. Yet they came into the temple to see Jesus. The, the, the priests and the religious professionals would keep the blind and the lame out of the temple by fear that somehow they were going to make the temple unclean. But yet when Jesus was present there in the temple, the blind and the lame came into the temple and he made them clean. That's what Jesus does for us. When we think I'm too filthy, when we think God could never forgive me for all of the things that I've done, pastor, you don't know, preacher, you don't know the things that I've done. Jesus makes us clean. When the law says we cannot approach God, He was our sacrifice that cleared the way, that tore the veil down. And He stands in heaven today interceding for us. Hallelujah! What a Savior! But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the Son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? Can you believe it? Can you believe what these people are saying? They're calling out, Son of David! How could they? Blasphemous! And Jesus said to them, Yes, I hear what they're saying. Have you never read out of the mouths of babes, of, of infants and, and nursing babies, you have prepared praise? The religious professionals of the day, those were the people that Jesus came into conflict more than anybody else. They thought they had it all together. They thought that they, uh, by their works, by obeying the laws, they could somehow be better than everybody else. Be acceptable to God. But these blind and lame and these children who were unable to do anything for themselves, they recognized Jesus for who he was. They recognized that he was the son of David. Now that is significant terminology. The son of David. Why do they call Jesus the son of David? Well, we know when we look backward, we're Christians living here 2,000 years after Jesus. And of course, we think, well, he's the son of David because he was from David's line. We see that in the beginning of Matthew with the genealogy of Jesus. But what also needs to cross our mind is the promise that was given to David. Second Samuel 7 God promises to David that he would have a son who would sit on his throne forever. These 
blind, lame, and children were crying out, Hosanna to the Son of David. They recognized Jesus for who He was. He was the Son of David who would come and sit on a throne forever and ever and have a kingdom that will have no end. He was the Messiah. And the religious professionals scoffed. The priests, they scoffed. They thought it was blasphemous. I asked Lauren how long I should preach. I'm going to start closing down, and I'm only at 16 minutes, but. <laughs> and that's including the song. We see these two groups of people. We see the poor that were being taken advantage of, the blind, the lame, those who thought they could never approach God. And yet Jesus comes and He makes them clean. He stands up for the, the, the disadvantaged and the persecuted. And He has no patience at all for the, uh, the money changers, those who wanted to make a profit off of religion. And we got people like that today too. You know, believe me, turn on your TV set and watch some kind of television show where they tell you to send in money and God's going to bless you. They, we have the same thing today. People trying to make a profit off of religion. Trying to make a profit off of the name of Jesus. How blasphemous that is. So which do we identify with? Which do you identify with? Are you with those who were trying to make a buck? Are you with those who thought it was blasphemous that Jesus would call himself the Messiah? Or are you the lowly? The one who Jesus identifies with. The man of sorrows who was acquainted with grief.